When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. As you're talking about the bridges, seaport, even from the seats in the upper decks, you can see the seashore. Tell gay from with the corny aside, just walk from the tribal building for the Padres. I'm on it, yeah, because for the 619, we'll knock you down. Anything for the brown, put it on the town. Started back rocking the brown, ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby says you want to go to the game, taught her how to say Padre gang. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 288 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden, your host here the day before Thanksgiving. Hopefully everyone has a great holiday tomorrow. I'm in a good mood. Padres offseason, obviously it's here. There are things to talk about. I've been trying to do shows almost every day. There's some times where it's like, well, there's not a whole lot to talk about, so I don't do that show that day, but then I just take those topics from that day and move it to the next day. And so that's what I'm doing today. Didn't do a do a, I did not do a show on Tuesday. But today's Wednesday, November 23rd, again, the day before Thanksgiving. And I think that today's an appropriate day to do a show. There's uh, a good amount of things to talk about. The Nick Martinez deal is official, so congratulations to him. I know that took like six days to complete, but congrats that he got that done. Uh, his family's going to be set for life, probably. And he has a chance to prove to the Padres that he can, yeah, that he's worth $16 million a year in 2024 and in 2025. So I can't wait to see Nick Martinez take the mound for the Padres again. Uh, I just listened to him on Ben and Woods this morning and him talking about how, how much he's, he wants to win. He's willing to do whatever it takes to, t- to get a ring on. Like 
sign me up for that. I'll run through a wall for that guy, you know? Um, so I uh, love to see Nick Martinez back officially with the Padres. Uh, Kevin AC reported yesterday that Craig Stammen is not retiring. He uh, has started talking with other teams. I'm kind of surprised that Craig Stammen is not retiring. I don't think that he ends back with ends up back with the Padres because the Padres they need to go get better pitchers. And yeah, Craig Stammen, I guess he was you know he was valuable to the Padres when he was here because he ate some innings, but it, it felt like at times he was just giving up batting practice. He is he's, he was the Roberto Clemente Award finalist. Or, or the nominee, the team nominee this year. Great guy. Uh, I wish him nothing but the best, but I wish that he is not a Padre in 2023. Again, it's nothing against him like personally or anything like that, but he's like 38, 39, whatever his age is. Uh, and he just didn't really help the Padres like on the field last year in terms of like being a reliable, like, Definitely not high leverage guy, you know. Uh, and so maybe he goes back to the Nationals or goes back to a team that builds up any value that he might have and then he gets traded. I don't know. Maybe it's just he wants one more year. And he did mention to Kevin AC yesterday that he just wants to end it on a better, have a better ending, you know, than what it was. You know, he was hurt last year. He just wants to end his career better. That's what it seemed like what he was getting at to Kevin there yesterday. So I hope that he does have a good end to his career. I just hope that it's not with the Padres. Um, so that was a little bit of news that came out yesterday. Uh, Joe Musgrove, he is trying to break the Antarctica record for the fastest pitch thrown there. Uh, that was written by Jeff Sanders out of the San Diego Union Tribune yesterday. And I guess he's doing it on behalf of the challenged challenge athletes foundation or whatever it's it's something to that effect that name uh and so they're raising money and don't worry at least i mean maybe i have a little bit of worry about this because there's some like kayaking involved and hiking but according to like the or the the article i read by jeff sanders it said that they are going to be taking like extensive safety measures uh, Joe Musgrove, he's not someone that would do something reckless like this and just go into this without any plan, right? So I'm fine with him doing this. I think that he's going to be safe. Obviously, if he gets hurt, we're going to say this was stupid, but Joe Musgrove is not a young Fernando Tatis Jr. riding a bicycle, right? Riding, riding my motorcycles. You know, like he is a smart guy. He has the Padres in mind, obviously, and he's doing this for a good cause. Uh, and so I hope that, obviously, he stays healthy. I think he will. And I hope that nothing goes wrong, you know, with the arm and breaking the records and stuff. Uh, I hope he breaks the record, but I'd rather win a World Series than him break the Antarctica fastest pitch throw record, you know. So we'll see. What happens with that? I think that's going to take place over the next week or so, week and a half or so. Um, so we'll see how that, we'll see if there's some news that comes out about the results of that. So good luck to Joe on that. That was the first couple of things that I wanted to just hit on. Didn't want to talk about them too much, but I wanted to at least hit on them. 
Um, I do want to hit on two main topics today, and that is Fernando Tatis Jr., the idea of him playing first base. And then the other thing, since Thanksgiving is tomorrow, 10 things that I think Padre fans should be thankful for this Thanksgiving or, you know, just related to the Padres. What should they, what should we, uh, I shouldn't say they, because we, what should we be thankful for as Padres fans? So if you have any thoughts, any comments, questions, feel free to put them in the chat. I will eventually get to them. You can support uh, Talking Friars by hitting that uh, super chat button. I think there's also the super thanks button during regular videos. Uh, thank you so much for being here live or on replay or listening on the podcast platforms. I appreciate that. All right, let's get into the Fernando Tatis Jr. first base thing. So I read last night out of the San Diego Union Tribune that Tom Krasovich, I think is that's how you say his name, he wrote this article about Fernando Tatis Jr. and saying that first base should be where Fernando Tatis Jr. plays in 2023. And he went through this article, or as I was reading it, there were all these like explanations and the shift, and he's athletic, and he can learn from like Derek Lee and enlist Derek Lee to help this guy with the nuances and uh, just how to play the position. And you have Hassan Kim at shortstop, a great defensive shortstop. Don't burden Fernando Tatis Jr. with having to go replace Hassan Kim and play great defensive shortstop. Kim's liked by the fans. It was just stupid. I just, it's, I think it was idiotic. Uh, but he said, Tom Krasovich, however you say his name, says, uh, first base would be less hazardous than shortstop. First base is pretty darn hazardous, I think. I mean, picking plays, uh, being around the bag, especially when you're not familiar with the position. The pick plays, like I just mentioned, do you know how many throws that first basemen have to like go into the splits? Remember in 2019, Tatis had that hamstring injury when he tried to be like a first baseman against the Nationals at Nats Park, receiving that ball, uh, receiving the throw um, at second base. So he could get hurt there too. And playing a position that he isn't familiar with, you would think that would increase the likelihood of him getting hurt, right? Not knowing his limits. With the, sh with the uh, elimination of the shift, Maybe he dives for balls at first base that he thinks he can get to or he's worried about getting through the hole that maybe it's just better to let Cronenworth take it at second base. Like, this guy has never played first base. So, and, like, this guy, this writer, to act like it, it's a, it'll be a burden for Tatis to play shortstop. A position, by the way, that he's played his entire life. Yeah, it's a burden. Don't, don't, you know, give Tatis this burden to replace Hassan Kim. It's like acting like Tatis has never played shortstop before or acting like this guy isn't the most athletic guy on the team and most one of the most athletic guys in baseball. You know, one of the best players on the planet. Uh, in my opinion, the best shortstop on earth when he's healthy. 
Did you not watch 2021, Tom Krasovich? Uh, so the don't burn Tatis thing didn't make sense. And then at, at the beginning of the article, it's on the Union Tribune. You can look at it if you want to. Uh, he says, just slide the kid over there. Yeah, just slide the kid over there. Like, it's no big deal. Just slide him from shortstop to first base. Not a big deal. He's never played the position before, but just slide the kid over there. Whatever. Who cares? Not a big deal. He can play first base. I'm sure he'll be able to play it, but we got to remember, this guy's coming off of wrist surgery, shoulder surgery, uh, the suspension. Like, there's a lot of things that he's coming off of here. You think you'd want him to be in a position or play a position that he's played his entire life, or at least put him in a position that he's played in the big leagues before, or put him in a position that's closer, that closer uh, resembles playing shortstop, like second base, like first base, maybe catcher, but those are like the last two positions, I would say, let's just slide the kid over to this position. You either put him at shortstop, the outfield, or second base. I think the options are shortstop and the outfield. Now, I'm not including DH. I think he will DH some games. But you put him at the position that he's played his whole life, or you put him in the outfield, the posi positions that he's played in the big leagues before. Putting him at first base, just slide the kid over there. First base is not that easy. I mean, I'm just sitting here saying this. It's easier me saying this. But I'm sure if we went and asked guys that have played first base in the big leagues, is first base an easy position to play? They'd probably say no. It's harder than it looks. You know, so it just doesn't, it's just a stupid idea putting him at first base. Sure, you can say, oh, maybe it makes sense. You know, the range, the banning of the shift. You know what makes more sense? How about sliding Jake Cronenworth over to first base? A guy that made it and played the All-Star game in Colorado, he played first base in that All-Star game. He's familiar playing first base. He has worn the first base glove before. Fernando's never done that. Why would you put a guy that has never played the position at first base? How about you put the guy that has played the position there if you're going to put a new guy there at first base and not bring in a first baseman? By the way, there's reports out that the Padres have Jose Abreu as a top priority. So why would they think about sliding Tatis over to first base over Cronenworth, who's played the position before, and over bringing in a guy like Jose Abreu, who's played first base his whole career, he hit over 300 last year. Doesn't that sound like the better option? Or how about Josh Bell or Brandon Jury, who have played first base? Heck, how about Will Myers, a guy who has played first base and looked even more comfortable playing first base than the outfield this past season. I know he's a free agent too, but I'd rather have Myers at first base than Fernando. Let's put the most athletic guy on the field. Let's put him at first base. That makes sense. Like, come on. It doesn't. Um, I mean, I could go on and on about this and this guy's opinion in this article. Enlist Derek Lee to teach Tatis about footwork and the nuances of playing first base. This was written in the article. Like, what? Let's enlist Derek Lee. Why would you do that? Like, okay, Derek Lee, sure. Uh, did he, he won a few gold gloves, I guess. I think that's what he did.
again, that's it's acting like first base is so easy. It's so easy to play. Just enlist Derek Lee at first, enlist him to come help Tatis play first base. It's just idiotic. It sounds like an idiotic even thing to think about. You know, over maybe Tatis playing catcher, that's the most idiotic thing. Right? You know, pitching maybe, but Tatis has a cannon, you know. But like right field sounds better. He's played there before. Center field sounds better. He's played there before. Left field sounds better. He can adjust to playing left field. Second base sounds better. It's much easier to adjust from shortstop to second base than it is from shortstop to first base. Shortstop sounds better. You know, the position that he's been playing his whole life. I'm open to having Tatis go play the outfield, putting him in right. He has range, um, can cover a lot of ground there, putting Soto in left, Grisham in center. I'm open to that if you want Kim to be at shortstop. If you if you think Ha-Sung Kim deserves starting at shortstop over Fernando, this is what this guy's opinion is too. Okay. You don't put Tatis at first, though. You put him in the outfield. You put Cronoworth at first and put Tatis at second. If you don't bring in Abreu, Bell, Drury, Myers, anyone, Seth Brown is a trade option or something. You know, just first base. That's just stupid. It's just stupid. Let me see what you guys are thinking in the chat here. I think I got all I wanted to say off my chest about that. But some of these articles, it's like, really? I mean, this is the second San Diego writer that has said this now. Derek Togerson had him on the show. I think he he knows what he's talking about, but I just don't. I disagreed. But this article, like. At least Togerson, he, you know, you could buy some of the explanations, right? But this article with Tom Krasovich and List Derek Lee, just slide the kid over there like it's nothing. I bet if you go talk to Will Myers or go talk to other first basemen, it's not nothing. Just sliding a kid who's played shortstop his whole life, coming off of surgeries, just slide him over to first base and learn first base. Um, let me see here. Let's go through some comments about this. Sword from the Mouth says defensive shift will end in 2023. Tatis can cover more ground than any first baseman, and his quick reaction to line drives will be extra valuable. He can have a quick reaction to line drives at second. He, ha- he can have that at short. Jake Cronenworth. You act like Jake Cronenworth can't play first base, and he's played it before, and looks like he can. He knows how to play it. How about how about this concept? Let's go get Jose Abreu, a guy who's also played it, and he's played it his entire career, and it would make the offense better. How about that concept? Greg says playing first base makes sense. Kim is better at short, and there's too much of a chance Tatis will get hurt. I agree with Kim being better at shortstop than Tatis, like defensively right now and all that. Gold Glove finalist, like we get it. But acting like Tatis can't get hurt at first base, that's what this comment seems like, Greg. Playing first base makes sense. Kim better at short. There's too much of a chance Tatis will get hurt. Oh, he's saying then he says then he'll get hurt in the outfield. 
there's still a chance he can get hurt at first base too. There's a chance you could get hurt at any position on the field. Fernando Tatis Jr., this guy, that's just how he plays. He, he dives. You don't think he's going to dive at first base on a ball down the line? Or he's going to try to do the splits to save a throw from Manny when Manny's, you know, making a tough throw or Hassan Kim has to skip one in the dirt or Cronorth has to throw one uh, from, you know, behind second base. You don't think he's going to try to do the splits or he's going to, you know, a throw that's airmailed. He's going to try jumping for it. Like you could still get hurt from that too. So how about let's play a position that he's played before? Sword from the mouth says maybe Tatis would play for, prefer first to, to the outfield. Why would he prefer? Maybe. I mean, I just don't see that, though. Why would he prefer to play first base over the outfield? Yeah. Hey, guys, I prefer to play a position I've never played before coming off of surgeries over a position where I can use my athleticism. Uh, it lessens my chance of being hurt. Remember, Tatis went and played the outfield in 2021 after dealing with the shoulder subluxations because he thought that would lessen his chances of getting hurt, that he could help his team playing that position. Why would he go to first base over the outfield when he's already, he's already admitted first, uh, the outfield is where I can lessen the chance. I can help my team lessen the chance of me, you know, getting hurt. I'm comfortable there. Like he's already pretty much admitted these things through his actions and through his words. Just playing a position he's never played before. Uh, when he's already played the outfield, he's already played short. That, it just doesn't make sense. Like, I see it being the outfield or I see it being shortstop. I don't really see second base, but I see that more than first base. Definitely. <laughs> Alex says, I'd rather have Manny at first over Tatis. And I don't want Manny at first. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's a tough one. Like, Alex, I know you're, you're probably going with Tatis with the athleticism. But yeah, that's kind of like saying, yeah, let's put Manny at first base. A guy who is a wizard defensively at third. Now, I'm not saying Tatis is as good as Manny is defensively, but athleticism, range, it's there. I think you're just wasting Tatis putting him at first base. I'm not saying that you like first base he wouldn't like utilize his range or his athleticism but this notion that oh he wouldn't get hurt there or um i don't know it just it, it just sounds like a dumb idea to me yeah i mean one one person says here camposano at first base that's more I mean, I think that's more realistic than putting Tatis at first base. I think Camposano's played first base before. He might be playing it in the Winter League, actually, or with Winter Ball. So uh, that's more realistic than Tatis at first base. I mean, come on. 
Okay, so that's the Tatis first base thing. Uh, again, I, I think that's it's a stupid idea. Some people are going to think different. Some people are going to read that article and be like, oh, he made some good points. I'm not saying all of his points were trash. I'm just saying the whole, like, just slide the kid over there, just acting like it's easy to play first base. Uh, let's put our most athletic guy at first base enlist Derek Lee to help him. Like, come on. You know, AJ Preller at the GI meetings has said that he's looking for first base and looking for DH and power options. They're not putting Tatis at first base as like their primary option. I doubt he's even thought about that. It, it just sounds stupid. All right. Let's get to this Thanksgiving portion. 10 things that I think Padre fans that we should be thankful for. Uh, that coming up after this. This episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheese steaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. Yeah, good point here in the chat, by the way. Big hole in the outfield right now. Yeah, I mean, left field. Hello. We don't have a left fielder right now. Tatis can play the outfield, get some power at first base, DH. That makes you the better team. Anyway, I could, I could go all on and on about that, you know. Um, all right, so let's move on here. So 10 things. I mean, tomorrow's Thanksgiving, and I think me personally, there's a lot of things that I'm thankful for, you know, with family and stuff like that and, you know, where we live and all that. Uh, but just as a Padre fan, since it's a Padre show, um, 10 things that we as Padres fans should be thankful for. Now, I don't know if this is in like order, but just 10 things. This is just 10 things that I wrote down. You could probably say much more than 10 things as a Padres fan right now, current state of the team and stuff like that. But here's just 10 things. So number one. We have the best owner in baseball. I am thankful for that. Peter Seidler took over, you know, the big chair for Ron Fowler, and he is not afraid to spend money bringing in Manny Machado, uh, extending Fernando Tatis Jr., keeping A.J. Preller, believing in him, approving of, you know, the Joe Musgrove extension, not being afraid. He said publicly not being afraid of giving Juan Soto $500 million, like willing to spend money and investing in this team and being a real fan of this team. You know, there's owners around baseball that they're probably not actual, like, diehard fans of the team, right? They have it to make money. Uh, and I could point out numerous owners, right? With Peter Seiler, that is not the case. This guy wants to win. He's saying it on the radio and to the media after the Padres lost to the Phillies. It took a toll on him, right? That loss. And so he is not going to be afraid to spend money. They're rumored with the Kodai Senga stuff and spending money there. You, you brought back Robert Suarez for $46 million. I didn't think that was going to happen. You brought back Nick Martinez. Again, you're in it on starting pitching. You're in it with Jose Abreu, giving him money. Uh, and maybe they bring back Profar for whatever his market value is. Who knows? 
And I think they will get, I don't know if an extension done, but I think they will get Juan Soto long-term as a Padre. And that's all thanks to Peter Seidler because he is willing to spend money. He wants to win for this city. He is a fan just like all of us. So thank you to Peter Seidler. Number two, I'm thankful that the Padres have a fearless general manager. With trades, you know, bringing in Musgrove, Snell, Darvish, Soto, obviously the big one, right? Uh, trading, I know Grisham didn't have a great year, but he came through in October. Grisham, Cronenworth. I mean, this team, you could go down the list. Hader, you could go down the list of trades that A.J. Preller has made to put this team in the NLCS last this past season and put this team in position to be a contender, right? So I am thankful for him trading for Tatis, right? Uh, just everything that this guy does and bringing in Bob Melvin, asking the A's, hey, can I get Bob Melvin? Is he available? You know, near the end of his career, you guys aren't trying to win. Can we work something out here, right? I'm thankful for him. Bringing in Ruben Niebla, right? So I, I guess I could group, you know, Bob Melvin, the coaching staff, A.J. Preller. I could group them all together. I'm thankful for A.J. and them. Uh, it sure makes me talking to you guys about the Padres, it makes that easier. It makes it more entertaining, right? I could be, if I was a Pirates fan, I would be sitting here and saying, uh, I, I mean, I don't even know what I would be doing. Talking about, oh, maybe they're interested in adding middle infielders. Are they going to trade Brian Reynolds? Uh, we're not trying to win this year. Like, what is there to talk about, right? We were in that position. Like, I, I can definitely relate to Pirates fans and, and guys like, you know, fan bases like that, right? But now we have A.J. Preller going, you know, the, re the rebuild is done and going through this. I'm grateful for him, all the moves that he has made staying up till 2.30 in the morning, talking with scouts, uh, you know, before the trade deadline this year, falling asleep on the couch like that. He works his butt off. And so I'm thankful for him and the entire front office staff. Uh, number three, Manny Machado. I am grateful for that man. Plays every day, suits up, wants to win for the city of San Diego. Um, him willing to come to the Padres, right? I know that there's a lot of people saying, well, if it was for the money or if Hosmer wasn't here, he wouldn't have come. Okay. But he still came here when there were other markets that wanted him, still came to the Padres. Him and his wife, the work, him and Yaine, you know, the work that they do uh, with, you know, him during the season, bringing in uh, kids, having them for batting practice, paying for tickets, stuff like that, right? Um, and what he did this year, this past season with the ankle injury, coming back, rehabbing his butt off for like 14 hours a day, all the massages, um, the rehab work, driving from Arizona to Los Angeles so he could be in the lineup for, I think it was that June, or was it July? June 30th, I think was the date, that game against uh, the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium so he could be in the lineup in DH. He went through so much pain probably, right? Could have missed weeks. And he instead said, no, I'm going to go through this toughness, this tough stretch 
work my butt off to get back because I know I need to help this team get into the postseason. Uh, and obviously his performance in the postseason, I am thankful to have Manny Machado wear the brown and gold and get to watch that guy play baseball during the summer and into October, right? Hopefully, if the World Series is in November next year, get to see him play in the November. So I am grateful for that guy. Uh, number four, Joe Musgrove. I could go on and on about that guy too. I'm grateful for him. I'm grateful for his family. His family, I mean, I finally got to meet them this season. I mean, they, they're real Padres fans like us. I'm sure you already knew that, but they sit there. You know, when it was raining, they're not in suites. They're sitting there on field level just waiting out that rain delay. And they're real Padres fans, obviously. Um, and watching, they're at every Joe Musgrove home start. And they're actually, at, they were probably at every postseason home game too. Um, I know that doesn't really stand them out, but they were in there. They were there when it was raining. They were there watching Joe starts on a random Wednesday day game. Like they're invested. And Joe Musgrove, his love for this city and staying with the Padres, wanting to work out an extension. And let's face it, he did take less than what he would have gotten. I still firmly believe he would have gotten more money on the free agent market per year than $20 million a year that he got with this Padres extension. But he was willing to take less so the Padres could spend in other areas so he could stay with the Padres. He didn't want to go to free agency. He wanted to get that extension done so he could focus on the rest of the season. And I think it paid off, right? I'm thankful for his performance in the wild card series, his performance in the division series. Like this guy pitched his butt off. He has pitched his butt off and grinded through starts ever since he wore that Padres uniform. So I am thankful and grateful for Joe Musgrove, the no hitter, obviously. Uh, I could go on and on about that guy. Um, number four, or no, that was number four. Number five, Jake Cronenworth, my favorite player. Joe Musgrove is a close second. Love Will too, but uh, he's not a Padre right now. Uh, but Jake Cronenworth, grateful for that guy. I mean, he truly knew, like during the postseason, when he was being interviewed and all that, like he knew how long it had been since the Padres had had that big success in the postseason, right? Uh, he knew how long it had been in a full season since the Padres made the postseason, right? Maybe not every player knew that. And they just say, yeah, this is great for the fans, blah, 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 blah. Well, Jay Cronenworth actually, you know, it's like, it's been a long time since 2006. Like, he knew it. And he, he's like Manny. He's the Ironman of this team, him and Manny, right? Play every day, suit up every day, pretty much every day. And, uh, Middle of the lineup, some people, some Padres fans, wanted to hate on the guy this season. Some people in the postseason thought that Jake Cronenworth should sit because he didn't perform well in the three-game wildcard series against the Mets. But this guy came back in that NLDS and hit like 500. Had that big home run in game two, scored the go-ahead run on the Profar single, uh, drove in, I think, another go-ahead run at that time earlier in the game. And then, obviously, Game 4, NLDS, a moment that I will always remember, my favorite moment in my life as a Padres fan, the go-ahead hit 
to make it 5-3 against the Dodgers to center field, a moment I will never forget. Uh, he did that, so I'm very, very grateful to have Jake Cronenworth as a San Diego Padre, and you should too. This guy's still under multiple years of control. This was a deal, again, thanks to A.J. Preller. This deal was pulled off. Um, his love for the city, a lot. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very, very grateful for Jake Cronenworth. I see in the comments here, rolling deep, homie, says Jake had passed as your older brother. Yeah, I get that. A lot of people have said that. People have said I, I uh, look just like him. Some people say I've looked like Will Myers. Uh, I get a lot of player comps. So, yeah, I wish I was his old or his younger brother. Uh, but I'm just grateful that he's a Padre. I'll say that. Number six, Juan Soto. I'm grateful for him. I know that things did not start out great. He went through that slump, but he performed pretty well in the postseason. It seems like he wants to be here. He enjoys being a Padre. He embraced the Padres, the city of San Diego, when he was traded here. And uh, it was short. It was this offseason, short time ago on his Instagram. I think it was an Instagram story talking about how he wants to bring a couple uh, of these World Series titles to San Diego. And I think he genuinely is interested in staying with the Padres long term. I'm grateful that Juan Soto, we get to see that talent in the brown and gold. We're going to get to see that guy on a nightly basis come next season. So I'm grateful for him. Thankful that Juan Soto is a friar. I'm thankful for Robert Suarez and Nick Martinez for wanting to come back to the Padres. Suarez, he might have been able to get more money elsewhere, or at least more money per year, but he decided to come back to the Padres. And I'm, I'm thankful for his performance in the DS against the Dodgers. You know, him getting out of those jams in game two. Oh, my good. I mean, oh, my goodness. That just gives me kind of chills thinking about it. The jams that he got out of having second and third, right? One out. Uh, getting out of that. Obviously, the big double play there. Turned by Cronenworth, Kim, uh, and was it Myers on the who's playing first? Grateful for that. Um, yeah, he gave up the home run to Bryce Harper, but it was Bryce Harper. I would have still went with Robert Suarez in that situation. Anyone who has listened or watched me, it's since that moment they know my stance on that. Um, Nick Martinez, thankful for that guy. I mean, him coming back and him being willing to be like, yeah, I'll take whatever role. If I get a ring, that's all I care about. I want a ring with the Padres. And making his first priority this offseason, coming back to the Padres. That was his first priority. He's made that clear already to the media. Thankful for that guy that wants to be in San Diego. He was willing to take on whatever role last year, and he's willing to take on whatever role Bowmel wants to give him this year. Sure, he wants to be a starter, and I can respect that, but I also respect that he is willing to be a reliever this coming season in the postseason, if that's what it takes. I'm probably sure that he's willing to be a reliever at the end of the season if the starting role doesn't, you know, work out, right? Or if Preller pulls off like Corbin Burns and Kodai Senga, he's willing to 
go be a reliever, you know? Like, this guy is willing to do whatever. So I'm grateful that he is a Padre. I love watching him on the mound and him get fired up when he, you know, gets out of a jam or, you know, in the postseason, he made that play, that uh, ground ball close to the mound or it was down the third baseline, picked it up, throws it to first, gets pumped up. Uh, I love seeing him in the brown and gold. Fernando Tatis Jr., I am grateful and thankful for him. Yes, I was not grateful for him when he was suspended this year. I thought he let the team down. But I'd be foolish to sit here and say, I'm not grateful for what he is going to do in the future for the Padres. Right? This guy is still one of the best players in baseball. He still put up a near MVP season in 2021. I think he would have won Rookie of the Year in 2019 if he didn't get hurt. This guy, he does things that I've never seen or I've seen rarely on a baseball field. I am thankful that he is in the brown and gold and that he was willing to take less in an extension because he's a guy kind of like Soto that probably would have gotten or would have gotten over $400 million if he would have waited this thing out in free agency. I would think, but he took less, took the extension. And I, at least from his actions, it seems like he is willing to do whatever it takes to put himself in the best position in 2023 to help the Padres go win a title. And he was pissed off. I, I bet he was. He was pissed off and he should be that he wasn't able to help the team in 2022. And yeah, I'm going to always remember that he let the team down, right? But I am grateful and thankful for what he will do in the future because I expect big things from Fernando. And I'm going to be sitting there watching Fernando hit home runs and make these great plays. Sitting there thankful for Preller for making that trade, for Tatis for signing the extension, and for just the circumstances allowing us to watch Fernando in the brown and gold. So I am thankful for Fernando Tatis Jr. Number nine, Petco Park and the great food. I'm grateful for that. Uh, you know, Petco Park, it's the best ballpark in America. And my family has season tickets. So, yeah, I'll probably admit that sometimes I do take it for granted. Because I know there's some people out there that are like, that will, you know, kind of lie and say, I never take a day for granted, you know, being able to go to Petco Park. They probably do take it for granted. They probably do like, oh man, I don't feel like going tonight. Oh man, I I don't want to go tonight. I could just watch on the couch. But for me, I go to every game, so I, I guess I don't take it for granted in that sense. But I guess I do take it for granted sometimes uh, when I'm sitting there enjoying a day at the ballpark or a night at the ballpark. And maybe something's not going right that night with the Padres. You know, it's a regular season game or whatever. And I'm overreacting to that. And I'm like pissed off about that. When I could go around probably this town, this country, and there are hundreds of people that would be, that would die to be in my spot, right? They would die to, you know, have their family have season tickets for the team and get to go to Peco Park, you know, 40 times, 40 plus times a year, right? And then get to enjoy. You know, the cheesesteaks, Gaglione Bros, shout out there, and the garlic fries, the cheese garlic fries, the cheesesteak fries, 
uh, and the tri-tip nachos um, and just all the great food. You know, the, the Hodad's burgers and the Hodad's fries. And I could just go down the list, right? There are so many people that would love to be in that position that, am I, that I'm in and that some people here listening or watching are probably in. So just don't take it for granted. Uh, the next time you go, you don't know when it's going to be your last. Don't take it for granted these years uh, or these next few years that we're, it would think the pot, we would think the Padres are going to be real World Series contenders. I know we're not as Padres fans because we weren't real World Series contenders. Uh, this was the first time in my life this past season that they were actually a real World Series contender. Because 2021, the collapse, 2020, pandemic, they didn't have the pitching, right? Um, I mean, 2006, they made the playoffs. Uh, maybe people that were, you know, were adults then, they could say, oh, no, the, the, they were World Series contenders. But in my lifetime that I remember, first time that this team has been real World Series contenders. So my point is, I'm not taking this for granted. I know diehard Padres fans are not taking this for granted. But if you get to go to Petco Park and enjoy the food and enjoy just being in San Diego, uh, don't don't take that for granted. That That's just what I wanted to say about that. Um, and number 10. Well, hang on. Let's continue with number nine real quick. Because there's other ballparks, you know, where, you know, PNC Park looks great. Yankee Stadium, Fenway, Wrigley, uh, Oracle Park. Like, those look great, you know, and those are at the top ballpark in near the top of the list of the top ballparks every year. But Petco's the top, right? Dodger fans, sure, they have a World Series, but they have to go to that dump. And they have to, you know, their big thing is the Dodger dog. From what I've seen, that thing looks like crap, right? I mean, there's other, you know, Fenway Park, yeah, the old Wrigley Field, right? There's that old history thing, right? Where, yeah, it's great. Historic ballpark. But, you know, the bathrooms probably aren't great. I'm not saying Petco's are, like, amazing. But, like, the Dodger Stadium bathrooms, from what I've heard, are, like, garbage. And Wrigley Field and Fenway, the small uh, confines of those stadiums. Like, we have it great in San Diego, America's finest city, America's best ballpark. We have it great, so don't take it for granted. All right, and number 10, last but not least, you guys, Padres fans, us. I love Padres fans. I love communicating with you guys here on this YouTube channel, in the live chat, in the comments on YouTube, on social media, at Talking Friars. Uh, you guys that have run into me at the ballpark and said, hey, I love your content. Uh, some have even asked for a picture. Uh, I appreciate all of you. Um, I, I do believe this is the best, the most passionate fans in baseball. Yeah, the Yankees, the Phillies, right? The Red Sox, like those teams, or those fan bases, they get a lot of play. Oh, they're very passionate and stuff. But Padres fans, we've been through it, through it all, the ups, the downs, much more downs than ups. Uh, and so it, it's it's great to see the passion now really coming through every day, right? People with the the fake trade scenario or the 
hypothetical trade scenarios every day on Twitter, right? Or, you know, people complaining about, oh, we haven't made a move. What are we doing? AJ Preller, let's go. That's passion. That's just us wanting this team to be amazing, right? That's just the passion. In 2017, 2018, I'm sure, you know, there were fans that did that, but it wasn't this many fans. Like, the passion is at an all-time high uh, from this fan base. So just want to say I appreciate you guys, I, um, girls, boys, uh, women, men, Padres fans, every one of you. I appreciate all of the back and forth uh, and the love that we all share for the Padres. Um, so I am thankful for that. Thankful for a lot of things. There are a lot of things to be thankful for uh, this Thanksgiving here. Uh, and so I just wanted to say that. Um, and hopefully you guys are thankful for a lot of things Padres-wise as well. Um, all right. I'll end this getting to the rest of the chat here. Uh, Big Iron Bum says, thankful to have a baseball team to root for. Uh, that's also something, you know. There's, there's cities like Nashville and Montreal, right, that don't have teams anymore, right? And obviously with the NFL, we can relate to that, right? I mean, I have an NFL team now, but it took years for me to, like, I'm, I'm not over. I will never be over the Chargers leaving, but I've moved on, and I... um. I've embraced, you know, the Minnesota Vikings. I have family there, you know. Um, there are some cities, baseball-wise, where their, their, their team left them. You know, Oakland, unfortunately, they're probably going to leave them. And so, yeah, be for, being thankful and grateful that we have a team, and again, we have Peter Scyther who wants this team here and loves San Diego, right? I'm grateful for that because we've had, another, you know, obviously to the NBA We've had the NFL taken away from San Diego, right? So I'm grateful for that. Yeah, good point. Uh, HH4 says, I'm thankful Hosmer is no longer stealing Padre money. That's unfortunately not the case, though, because the Padres are paying Hosmer's salary. The Red Sox are paying Hosmer like $2 million. I saw something like that. It was less than $3 million over the next, like, three years of his contract. The Padres are paying for pretty much all of it. So he still is stealing Padres money. We're just paying him to not be on the Padres, which I'm also thankful for, that we don't have to watch Eric Hosmer every day. Big on Bum says, thankful for Profar's contributions from last year. He outperformed expectations, especially defensively. Yeah, I mean... I know that I listed specific guys, Manny, Musgrove, Cronenworth, Soto, Suarez, Martinez, Tatis, but yeah, I was grateful for Profar. I'm grateful for Nola, how he played in the postseason. I'm, I'm grateful, you know, how Nola played every day. I'm sure he experienced pain, and that's the most that he's played every day. I'm grateful for Trent Grisham's postseason performance. Uh, I'm grateful for everyone in that coaching staff. I know some, you know, Michael Bedard gets, got a lot of hate when the offense wasn't going well, but I'm sure he worked his butt off. I'm grateful for all those players because they did contribute to the Padres. Like, even if they didn't play great, they still ate innings during the regular season so other guys could stay healthy and get some time off, right? So I'm, I'm grateful for everyone in the organization. 
So yeah, good point there. Yeah, thankful for Ruben Diablo. Staff was fantastic this season. I agree. Abdu says, uh, what happened to Profar? He's a free agent. Nothing happened to him. Yeah, he's, he's a free agent. Uh, no moves have been made with him. I think he's training in Florida, according to like his Instagram stories, but nothing is wrong with him. A uh, good one here from HH4 says, I'm thankful Dodger fans was served humble pie. Yeah, so I know that we're going to be eating pie tomorrow. The Dodger fans have already had some pie, humble pie. You're not as good as you think you are. 111 wins in the regular season does not matter because you didn't show up in the postseason. So, yeah, I, I was grateful for that as well. Abdu, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate you here. Says, happy Thanksgiving. Padres to the World Series. I would be very grateful for that in 2023. We shall see. Thank you for the super chat. Again, if anyone wants to support the channel, you can do what Abdu did there and uh, use that super chat button. Joseph asks, what part of San Diego are you from? La Mesa. Went to Helix High School, which was Musgrove. Is, that was his uh, rival high school, but when it's about the pod, when it's about Musgrove, it's he's a San Diegan, right? We unite with all San Diegans. Um, Irie says, "I see Fernando in center field, Ken Griffey Jr. style. I know you weren't around really when Ken, Ken what's Ken, when Ken Griffey was playing, but their styles are very alike." Yeah, I mean, I mean, Griffey was an outfielder the whole time, though, right? Um. I see Fernando in right field. I mean, Grish is most comfortable in center field. Did just win a gold glove. I know Manny wasn't nominated for a gold glove, so we kind of don't value that gold glove award very highly. But it, it still does mean something. Like, we know Grish is a very good center fielder, so I would prefer to stick Grish still in center field. And you have Soto in left, less range that he has to cover. You have Tatis uh, in right field. With the uh, the range that he has, I think that's his best fit if you're going to put him in the outfield there. And you have Grish still on the team. Um, but yeah, he it is a Griffey Jr. like style. Like He's not afraid to go into the wall probably, right? He's not afraid to dive and all that. We know that. So yeah, I agree with you with that. Uh, Big Island Bum says, thanks, Ben, for having a channel and showing your fandom, keeping the faith. Oh, thank you guys. I mean, I'm just... Look, I'm just happy I get to interact with you guys. I'm, I'm happy that I have uh, this platform, and I'm happy to be a Padres fan right now. I'm always happy to be a Padres fan, but when the team is winning and there's this much passion and energy around San Diego for the Padres, uh, it just makes it that much better. So that's going to do it here, episode 288, Thanksgiving Eve edition. Thank you so much for tuning in here live on YouTube or on replay or on the podcast platforms. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Turn on the notifications for uh, to make sure you don't miss when Padres content comes out for me. Enjoy your Thanksgiving with family, watching football, watching basketball, whatever you're going to do tomorrow. Enjoy it. Don't take it for granted. And don't take it for granted uh, that the Padres are a World Series contender. All right. See everybody. Have a good one. Go Pods.